0: Sometimes the fun begins when the paved road ends. Chevy Silverado 2500 HD is made to work hard and play hard on the road or off. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for details and experience life in HD.
1: And welcome, everybody. Welcome to Paul Lisnick, Behind the Curtain, leading my politics world from television behind as I get to talk about a very fun show in Chicago right now playing at the Greenhouse Theater called... Yeah, sex tips for straight women from a gay man. Who could come up with a great title like that? Well, the playwright. You're going to meet him in just a second. And uh, and also the, the the entire cast is here. This is such a great and fun night at the Greenhouse Theater right on Lincoln get insomnia cookies either on your way in or on your way out but uh you don't want to you don't want to pass that up and have dinner as well let's talk about this very fun show uh matt murphy you're the playwright of this so uh, let me start let me introduce everybody roy samra uh, who plays dan bradley Allen meyer who plays stefan and Emma <laughs> joe boyden who, who plays robin in this we'll get to all those characters matt um it's a great name for a show, Sex Tips for Straight Women from a Gay Man. Did you just wake up one morning with that title and had to write a show to go with
2: it? Actually, the story is I knew that I wanted to uh, create a show that was kind of about giving sex advice to the audience and interacted with the audience and got the audience involved in participating in some of the advice and some on-stage demonstrations, if you will. And I was sharing this concept with my wife and I said, but I need sort of like the I need the source material. Like, What's the the expertise entryway into this? And she said, oh, there was this book that all my friends and I were passing around in college, something about sex tips from a gay man. And then I Googled it and there it was. I agree. The best title since I Love You, You're Perfect Now Change, Sex Tips from a Gay Man. And so I contacted the publisher and met with the two authors, Dan Anderson and Maggie Berman. Um, and told them what I wanted to do with their with their book, which was very popular and continues to be in print in like 17 different countries around the globe. Um, and they were thrilled by the idea. and so that's where it all started.
1: So just to follow up, I, I did I have not read that book. But is your is this script? I mean, do you is it following the book or that's really kind no, of so the, the,
2: the book is basically sort of a how to guide? You know, it's here's how to do this. Here's a couple bits of advice. Here's a couple more bits of advice. And so in adapting it for the stage, I had to figure out how to create a story. And that's where the character of Robin came in and the idea that we were set at a meet the authors event. And the character of Robin was going to be the the moderator for that event, and the author, Dan Anderson, uh, wants to do everything except sit down and just have a scholarly discussion. He wants to give the audience a full-on sex tip seminar complete with props and gadgets and lighting and sound effects, et cetera. So we had to kind of, sort of invent that story.
1: And, and by the way, I, I should tell people, because people who think, oh, this is just a very fun thing, which I think it's one of the longest off-Broadway running comedies, right? It's still running. That's right. Uh, and you also you produce Memphis. I love Memphis. Um yeah, and never, Bears and Bears Boys. Your, your record is really incredible. So I'm I'm glad this is here in Chicago. Uh, well I guess we should go to you, Emma Joe, next as Robin. Um, so your care- <laughs> you talked to me about you. I'm gonna describe it in a way that I you <laughs> <don't know>.
3: describe <laughs> away. <laughs> a
1: little stuffy, a little, you know, what initially whatever, but she's got a streak in her.
3: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she starts out, she's, you know, she's your type A straight A student that's working at the university and uh, has a big old crush on Stefan, but hasn't done much about it. And really is just sort of like a, I want to get my work done type of person. And, and through the course of the show things certainly change and she learns a lot of new things and yeah, it's fun. It's fun to do every night.
1: And of course the audience is critical here. And so, what I found really interesting is you were just in Recipe for Disaster. So this whole notion of working with an audience in the improv is probably what, what sold Matt and all the casting folks on you because that's so critical a skill in here.
3: Yeah. I, I can't speak to whether that spoke to the casting people, but uh, I certainly feel like I have a handle on immersive comedy these
2: days. <laughs> you really do. That's <laughs>
1: And, and Roy, I'm going to come to you. Let me come to you next. Roy who' got a very familiar face uh, around town. So many of the, the, the theaters here at the Bouquet and pride and all of that. Uh, so you played Dan. Um, but I too noticed that night, the night that I was there, I was not able to make it opening night and came in on another night who you get in the audience and, and getting them to play along and all of that. So first talk to me about your character and then talk about these incredible interactive skills that you too, more so than anybody have mm-hmm. to have to make this work with the audience.
4: Yeah, yeah, um, you know, the, the character of Dan, um, as, I mean, I obviously don't know the author personally who he is based off of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Matt can obviously speak more on that, but I would safely assume that he is your quintessential gay man who wants, who has, you know, enough, um, confidence and, you know, moral fiber and the desire for everyone to, um, fully embrace who they are. Um, so much so that it, it does kind of require that that sort of audience interaction and that pull to bring people in and be like, hey, I, we're, we're going to talk about something. It's very taboo. It's called sex. And, <laughs> you know, I, um, I think that's kind of the way into a- allowing the audience to know that it's not just them watching this story unfold. It's allowing them to kind of like fully immerse themselves in what we're talking about and give them the opportunity to be like, okay, like this, this can be fun. This can be comfortable and, you know, enjoyable, which is kind of, you know, a, a part of the whole message. I feel like that Dan is trying to get across while he, he may be, you know, overtly flamboyant and, um you know, a, a spectacle in and of himself. Mm-hmm. The goal is to allow people to really, get to harness the, the joy that comes with sex and the fun and the sexiness. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, but let me ask you your, your past with regard to improv and stuff. I mean, what happens have you picked somebody from the audience one night and went, Oh, this is not a good place to be.
4: Um, I certainly have. <laughs> and, um, I think that really comes with, um, you know, just being able to, accommodate as needed as an actor you know we i think we all do from a performance aspect we, we get encountered with situations that we have to improvise on our feet and this one is no different you know it's i pick somebody and i'll do my best to really bring that warmth and that like hey like it's okay we're having fun and if they don't want to play along okay then i'm gonna poke fun with you as well and allow everyone to just and you know, hopefully, bring them out of their own shell. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't.
1: If this is a fair question, what would you? What percentage of what you do is improv? I mean, do you have kind of a, a group of lines that you can call upon every night?
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of which are provided from um the script that Matt has written and some of which are based on what the audience is doing or, you know, what I had for breakfast. So like it's <laughs> you know, it just kind of depends on what's what's really happening in the room and you know, making sure I don't um, you know, kind of overstep any line of of um being too provocative or being, you know, too invasive with people. So there's, you know, there's a bank of lines to pull from that always work thanks to Matt. And then there are some that, you know, I'll bring each night.
1: Yeah. And Brad Meyer, um, you know, talk to me a little bit about your character and a little bit about your background. I mean, I've, I've read about all of you and, and Roy, I've known, but, but you were, you were like riding horses and you were living on a ranch and then now you're, now you're playing this sex muffin. I, instead, I don't know.
2: Um.
0: Yeah, I've basically tried to make my life, you know, the backstory of this character. Uh, so is, is good casting. Um, yeah, so I uh, I kind of just followed my passions, And that's what led me originally to Chicago to um, after I worked on the ranch, of course. I uh, okay. graduated college. I moved to Chicago to study improv. So I was at Second City for a while. Um, and then I studied acting throughout the city. And I really wanted to pursue acting. So that would that's what brought me here, kind of got me into this whole crazy world. Then I moved to New York for a while to study there. And the uh, pandemic happened. And yeah, just a series of crazy events that have led me back to Chicago to do this show. And so that's where we're at. Now, I Thank think your God. character,
1: I think, Stefan, <laughs> I think he's Russian. I'm not totally sure. But is that is that something <laughs> Matt gave you? Or is that, did you create that?
0: We, it was a collaborative, yeah, effort. It was written uh, written as Eastern European. Matt can probably speak to this a little bit too. But yeah, we to we kind of um, fine tuned the accent to what what it is now. It's a little bit more Americanized version. So <laughs>
2: it's a mystery. Stephon, you're you're never supposed to know. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, we don't know. We don't it, know it, a lot about Stefan. It's
1: <laughs> sort of sort of like that mini series, Inventing Anna, right? Where you I don't know, you don't know where she's from right, with that, yeah, that, that voice So, so Matt, how much of this? It, because watching it, it, there, it feels like there's a lot of improv going on. These guys have the skills to do it. They have the training oh, to yeah. do it. So how much, how much did you give them in a script and how much did you say, have fun?
2: I mean, the rehearsal process is basically like, here are the guideposts and try, to, like Roy said, uh, we talk about trying to work with what's in the room. And Roy, as soon as we started rehearsing, he was inventing things with nobody in the audience. So as soon as he got some audience and got some reaction... He was already making us laugh just in the rehearsal studio, but as soon as people throw things out, I don't know how he does it, but he stays so calm and the the retort comes like so quickly and immediately starts working with whatever people say and whatever kind of energy they're giving. So that was definitely part of the casting process. We look for talents and actors who have experience with that and who seem like they're going to be quick on their feet because it's a big part of the show for sure. Oh, critical! Uh, but Roy has done an excellent job of kind of like maintaining the structure, but also keeping it different every night, which is, I think, part of the charm of the show and part of the charm of his character.
1: So, and I can come to any of you. I'll start with you, Emma. When you hear when you hear the title "Sex Tips for Straight Women from a Gay Man," it makes you think. So, who's in the audience? The straight women, the gay man. Uh, I guess the answer is all of them. But I know one thing. Certainly, the night I was there, you looks like you're playing big with with bridal showers.
3: Yeah, we, that seems to be a big market for us. It, we're, we're getting lots of the groups of people that we get are definitely either like young adult friend groups that are celebrating kind of anything. It could be a birthday. It could be anything, really. A lot of bachelorettes, but we also get a lot of couples of like tons of couples. early 20s to like much older than that. It's it's kind of a fascinating mix for a chicago audience just based off what i've seen yeah.
2: years i've been impressed with the age range too i mean it really had like you said 20s to like late 60s early 70s and a lot of couples it's been fun to see i think when there's like that age difference and some groups some couples some groups of ladies some groups of men some groups of gay men it's mm-hmm. um it makes for a fun atmosphere automatically to have that and,
1: and brad you get the uh the advantage of also having to be kind of the Well, the fashion model in this show, or at least the model uh, in this show. Is that part of your background? Because actually when you did that, I I first thought, oh, maybe, you know, maybe modeling is part of his background. Is that part of what you've done?
0: Yeah, ironically enough, uh, it it is. um, That's kind of how I got started in the business. and I kind of worked my way in the door from the kind of fashion world. I had no idea what acting was. And (laughs) so, you know, it, it was. It's been a, a, a climb through all these different, like, layers of the industry. So, yeah, I, I can speak to the modeling side of things.
1: And, Matt, how much definition do you give to the characters? I mean, the, the character of Dan is a very, flamb- my view, a very flamboyant, sort of over-the-top, whatever. Is that crit- – because I had this discussion uh, with somebody about the show. sort of like it, it, that's the way it's played or, you know, could that character be played less so, or maybe it's not as funny that way. What, what, I
2: think there's a lot of freedom in the characters. That's one of the, that's one of the things I've enjoyed about working on it for so long. I mean, we opened in New York in 2014. And so we've gone through a lot of different productions here in New York. We were in Las Vegas for three years. It was on tour. Um, Every cast is different. Every actor brings something different. And I do think like there's an overall energy that people generally latch onto with the characters But there's a lot of room for variation within there. And I'm so pleased that all three of these guys have brought their own personalities and their own talents in such a great way. It's it's been fun to see.
1: And Emma, Joe, I think this is my take. You tell me if I'm wrong, but. Everybody in the show, all the three actors get to sort of, you know, be who they are throughout. But your character has to go undergo the biggest transformation of all because you clearly start in one place and you end in a very different place. Mm-hmm. And Brad's along for the ride. And Dan probably always thought it was there anyway. But mm-hmm. but talk to me about that transition uh, when we first see Robin to when we last see her. I mean, the whole thing is 90 minutes or whatever it is, but it's a major changes.
3: Yeah, it's a fast transition and it's something I had some hesitation about or just like some uncertainty about in the beginning, because I just was like, this is a big jump to make mm-hmm. in a show with a lot of variables, right? Like there could be a night where we have an audience member on stage that goes rogue or does whatever. And yeah. suddenly that takes the attention. And all of a sudden my, you know, my detailed actor through line is gone because I've been dealing with something else. Um, so I had some concerns about it early on, but it actually, it, it's just sort of, It just sort of exists in the way that like the script is structured around the six chapters and Robin's involvement in those six chapters kind of builds and builds as we go throughout the show. So it's sort of an inherent change that happens. And so luckily it doesn't feel as massive as I predicted it would. Um, plus, once we get to the big finale, there's so many other things helping with that transition that it, you know, it just all sort of comes together.
1: <laughs> you know, and you actually just triggered something, uh, Roy. I want to ask you. So I, I asked you about what happens when you get somebody who's just a dud, you know, and you've got to work with that, and you you had some answers for that. But then there is that flip side. The night I was there, I remember you you picked a guy named Chris. I don't remember his. I don't know if it was his wife, it was hard to know because they referred to each other in different ways. But anyway, but they were, maybe you remember this night, but they were both both very funny. Both And, and so much so that I began to wonder, I didn't think they were plants, but are they plants? Because they were really playing along. So do you, Roy, ever have to deal with somebody who's like having so much fun with it that you almost want to go, I'm sorry, you're not in the show. We're in the show, you know?
4: We do. And, and you know, we, we try and make it as, you know, uh, respectful and as playful as possible. Nothing that's too, you know, unless they, they are doing something that's just completely, you know, stealing from what's going on and kind of taking away like, from momentum that we built up with the show. That's that's um, exactly what I was
1: asked. That's what i meant somebody who truly tries to take the attention
4: and they do (laughs) and (laughs) and um you know thankfully i have you know such great co-stars like emma and brad who are we're all on the same page you know we we kind of check in with each other um as much as we can without it being too obvious and and you know making sure that it's like all right are we we feeling good we doing this there are are some girls who you know maybe have a little too much to drink that night and you know think that they can kind of you know, take over to an extent. Um, and we, we will do our best to, to reel them in and, and make sure we keep it, you know, as light and as respectful as possible.
1: <laughs> and Brad, have you ever had any moments from, you know, some of the folks in the audience who, you know, have, have gone too far because we, we get you in uh, a baby, you know, a swimsuit at some point, whatever. I mean, so they're seeing that <laughs> is every, everybody handling that all properly because they, a lot of people have been drinking before they come.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like with it, what they were saying, um, one of the great things that I get to do every night is watch these guys work because it's really the great joy of, of my experience to do that. These guys are so talented. So I feel like in those moments, um, I'm very well taken care of by them. And uh, I always see them as in the corner of my eye. They're just ready to jump in if something needs to happen. Um, <clears throat> and because of that, I feel really taken care of. But yeah, you're right. The The, the fourth character is really the audience. And so you never know what's going to happen, right. and the responses are really on the spectrum of very benign to a little bit more taking a little bit more liberties. So <laughs> it's an adventure every night. <laughs> you never know what's going to well, happen.
1: And let me let me come to Matt because you know Matt it raises a good question, I, and I think Brad's right. The fourth character is the audience. So as you wrote this uh, play, I mean, did you? I, I was sort of how has this evolved? In other words, you said it started with an idea, and your wife said, "Here's the way to do it." You're going to have these Hi. tips. But I don't think, what do I know? But it does, I'll bet that it, it didn't play out as it is today, the way maybe you first conceived it in terms of how it plays out. Is that right? This well, last- I mean,
2: uh, we knew, uh, I say we, me and the creative team and the director and the designers, when we were putting together like the first workshop, we knew we wanted the audience to participate in the fun, wild ways that they currently do. But there was a lot of question, like, will people actually do this and will they be ready to do this? And so that was part of, like, creating the character of Dan to be very inclusive, to be very encouraging, to be very positive from the get-go. And I think the character of Robin being the one who's, like, a little more reserved, a little more questioning what's going on, it kind of allows the audience to sort of lean back and let that be her problem, like, she's the one who's most nervous in the entire theater, so it sort of lets the rest of the audience kind of relax a little, because they know that, like, the, the worst things that are going to happen are probably going to happen to her, and for them, they're going to get to sort of sit back and enjoy a little bit. Um, anyway, that was sort of what we were aiming for, and so we did our first workshop, and we thought, this is going to be it awkward it's under like work lights and there's not a lot of props and the costumes and everything but it was crazy like crazy crazy audience was super into it from the very get-go and it's just been a matter of like building upon that energy throughout our development and really with each production we kind of fine-tune things here and there and i feel like this chicago production is the best we've ever had
1: yeah, well, that's good to know. Well, Chicago's a great theater. Time. I have to tell you, Chicago's a great oh, theater time. Yeah. Right.
2: Right. I love these audiences. You're right. That's exactly
1: right. So right. Emma, Joe, and Ryan, I think this question is for you because um, it's Brad who comes out and kind of warms up the audience. He's the first person we interact with, uh, <laughs> even though he's not who we think he is. Does that headset even work, Brad? Is that a real? <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, wait a
0: minute. That, <laughs> that anyway. headset is, it should belong in a museum. That's okay. an old headset. <laughs>
1: it's... it's it's a nice piece. But anyway, I'm just curious, uh, like Emma, Joe, and Roy, are you guys watching? You have to be watching and studying the audience before you come out. You can't just walk out blindly.
3: Mm-hmm. I walk out blind.
1: Okay. I'll say it. I do. Well, maybe, it's, think... maybe it's tougher for Roy. It's probably tougher I think for Roy. It's,
3: I think this is more of a Roy question. I just don't
4: know <laughs> I... Uh um unfortunately having been in theater from a young age where the one superstition i learned is you don't look at the audience before you go on stage i um i do not actually i i just let it because it's such a a grand entrance you know lady gaga's blasting and the lights change and there's you know all these things happening so i i just kind of let that be what it is and i rather than like you know anticipate what an audience is looking like i'm gonna create the audience and I'm gonna create the reaction. And and it's it's such a, a big shift from the introduction of this um this reading series into this gay man coming in and just and just completely taking the, the steering wheel. So um I but personally so you, don't let it come.
1: So you because is it a superstition, partly a superstition?
4: Yes. And and, and it has been tested. There have been shows in my life that I will, I'll peek at the audience to look, oh, see where my boyfriend's sitting or my friends are sitting. And then that show is just horrendous. So, Uh, (laughs) well, it's funny you
1: say, you know, Chris Jones just wrote a column recently and I'm I'm, going to mess this story up a little bit, but he went to Macbeth. And I guess the old superstition is you never say the name Macbeth in the theater, right? Am I, have I got that right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was, I don't know if it was one of the actors on stage, but somebody yells out Macbeth. And the whole idea was to break that superstition. And Jones's, Jones's entire column was like, that's just wrong. That's just, don't mess with that. And everybody kind of stood behind him saying, yeah, that's dangerous. Are you guys, uh, Brad, are you superstitious at all?
0: (laughs) Funny you should ask. (laughs) Um, i don't know what it is about the theater that in particular that superstition is just so i i like to play around with it i don't know how i (laughs) ultimately believe in it but you know our minds are really powerful things so anything could be happening in there and when it comes to like performing um i do like to look at the audience because i like to just mess with stuff but um he's he's
2: breaking the superstition yeah
0: exactly we all have different little roles but Mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean so far
1: uh things have gone relatively
0: well
3: Uh,
1: joe any superstitions for you (laughs) i didn't didn't intend to ask this but this is just kind of
3: Um, it's a good question i i don't have any major superstitions i mean i follow all the like the classics like macbeth and all that kind of stuff um, for me, I basically, I don't need, I don't feel really the need to look at the audience beforehand just because I'm like, it's going to be what it's going to be. And I more often than not, will just use the first few like jokes that I make as sort of my litmus test of like, Oh, this is going to be good. They like me or, Oh, I I'm going to have to win them over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I kind of, I rely much more on just sort of. How they are responding to me in those first few moments as my like, um, okay, this is the type of show we're going to have tonight yeah. or we've got really drunk people over here or we've got nobody sitting over here or we've got full house like it just all kind of. Every night is different, but I just want to be out there doing it to figure out where I mm-hmm. where I sit on what to do next. And, <laughs> and that, I of...
1: guess from the from the writer producer standpoint, but you know, the, as you're talking, it's reminding me of I don't know if you all if you guys got to see Sean Hayes in um, Goodnight Oscar over at the Goodnight yes, Goodman, I did, oh which God. was Incredible. unbelievable. And and uh, I got to spend some time Sean a couple of nights that I was there with him afterwards. But uh, amazing, it's coming to Broadway, Matt. You'll see it on Broadway, I'm sure. Okay. But here's the thing: so Oscar Levan apparently was this incredibly superstitious. Well, i do not superstition, but he would do. There's lines in the show where he'd say he has to turn a knob four times because that's what made sure that Cambodia didn't get attacked, you know, or whatever. So it's this this thing that. So how about you, Matt? Is there anything where, as a as a producer, as a writer, say, "Hey, I don't do this. I'm not. I, I produce the show. I can't mess with this."
2: I mean, no. Not the only superstition that I have is I don't sit down on opening night. Um, I like to be roaming um in the back because i'm too i got too many butterflies and so in not like in the early stages of my career i would sort of put myself like in the house seats area like fifth row center or something like that and I, i've learned that i don't do well with that i want to be in the back so i can just float around on opening nights
1: and so is it at the point now where where if somebody said oh matt we have a seat for you'll be like no i mean does it become like i have to do this now
2: yeah, I well, I often am taking my wife to opening night. And she's like, can we sit like a little closer? I'm like, sorry, <laughs> you can sit down there. But I will give myself seats, but it's always in the back. And I rarely sit down throughout the whole show.
1: Really creative. That's I love that stuff. See, I'm going to keep that question around because that's kind of <laughs> fun to ask. Um, so right now, Sex Tips for Straight Women from a Gay Man is playing through July 23rd. Could be here longer because that's the way theater works in Chicago, but you don't want to chance that. So you definitely uh, want to get tickets for it at sex It's such a great fun. Let me just wrap with everybody with just kind of a question, Roy, I'll come to you. Uh, I know you've had a lot of friends come to the show and see it. And I'm, you know, it's the kind of show people can see over and over again. So what is the, what is the most fun? If you're not a, um, if you're not a straight woman coming to the show to get sex tips, why should everybody else come see it?
4: Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's been a lot of feedback from people saying that it, while it is a great time, it's very enjoyable, it is informative and it's kind of fun to see how everybody interprets the the show. There's there's a lot of takeaway from it in different ways. And um, I mean, the most enjoyable part for me personally is just getting to go up and have fun, be myself and, and have fun with these two other amazing actors who, like I said earlier, are on the same page and are also just as, um, on board with the message of the show, as well as with, you know, just being comedic, entertaining actors, you know, and, and so, um, and I know I, I will never say no to getting to lovingly read the audience for filth and (laughs) mess with them a little bit. So. And
1: and Brad, is this everything you'd hoped it would be? Are you back to the ranch in a few months or something? (laughs)
0: It's been quite an experience. I will say that it's been everything that I have hoped that it would be and more. Um, It's been a great experience. I've very rewarding. I have no idea what's next, but I know it's going to be exciting.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's optimistic. And Emma, Joe, for you, uh, for the, for the women coming to see the show and whatever, what, what do you hope they get out of it? What do you want everybody to get out of the show?
3: I think generally what all the people that I've brought to see the show it's just a fun night out, right? It's a fast show, it's under 90, there's tons of laughs, the bar is open. Like everybody that I know that have seen that has seen it and just had a great time. And I think for that reason alone, it's a show you can see once, it's a show you can see 10 times because there's so much audience interaction. Who knows? Like you could be brought on stage. You could see something hilarious happen when we bring somebody ridiculous up there. Like it really is sort of this ever-changing beast. And that's why it's yeah. fun as a performer. And that's why I think audiences have been liking it for years. You know so.
1: what? One more Roy question, because I think people would run this. I don't want to get called up. I don't want to do this. I'm shy. I'm whatever. If it, do, Can you read people well? And, and or if you call on somebody and you just get get the bad, will you leave them alone? So that my point being, if somebody says I'm not going because I'm afraid I'm going to get called on, can you assure them they're fine?
4: I, yeah, I think I can. I mean, it's you know the challenge right now is obviously we're living in this era where we are wearing masks um, in in theaters, and so I can't necessarily. All I can see are eyes, and if the eyes are getting wide like this, and um, you know, I'm like, okay, this I will I will be a little bit warmer with my invitation to bring them on. But if it's somebody who's been having a great time, like. You're coming with me, no questions asked, and they come and they oblige. So, um, Thank thankfully, I haven't had to encounter anybody who has rejected my request for them to come on stage. But I am ready if they do. <laughs> oh, well, if you come to
1: me, I had my my sweet tarts and my drink, and I had all sorts of stuff. Right, I would be like, "Can I bring all this with me?" Uh, and Matt, so this, you know, I've mentioned some of the other things you've done. I mean, from Memphis and Ultra Boys and all of that. This is a different kind of project for you. So, is is this? Where's the fun? Is the fun, let me do another Memphis one day? Or is the fun, oh no, I'm loving this kind of thing? I,
2: I think for me right now, the thing that I'm really proud of with this show and having with this production in particular is that when people come to the theater, I feel like they leave feeling like it was worth it to them. And I feel like people have sort of fallen out of the habit of going to theater during the pandemic. And so I don't take that for granted. I recognize that like it's now kind of an effort to get people to like, purchase tickets, get ready, get in the car, go and park and do all the stuff that they have to do. But I feel like everybody who's walking out of our show is like, that was totally worth it. That was so fun. I would never get that experience sitting on my couch at home. It's totally different than anything I've done in the last two years. So I feel like we are giving the community and the city of Chicago something completely unique to do. And so I'm very proud of that.
1: And, you know, an extra bonus is just where it's located. I mean, the Greenhouse Theater on Lincoln, awesome. I already mentioned the Insomnia Cookies because that's me. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, and Roy, I ran into you and all the tacos down the street and there's the there we next store. I had pizza <laughs> before. I mean, there's just, my point is, it's a great night out because you can have a casual meal and there's a lot of bars around all that. So before oh, and okay. after the show, and then it's just the perfect venue for this thing, Matt. I'm not sure if you picked the venue or how you got there, but of you're the right playing. Yeah, no, we
2: picked it for all those reasons. You're exactly right. I feel like it's a great home and hopefully for a long-time time
1: yeah, well, I hope so, too. The play, again, Sex Tips for Straight Women from a Gay Man. It's at the Greenhouse Theater, and uh, sextipsplay.com is where you can get tickets. Probably going to see it through July 23rd, but don't wait, because you want to get there even if it's here longer. Uh, you'll probably want to go back and back. And if you're getting married or you got a bachelor party coming up, uh, I'll arrange for Brad to appear at that. So,
2: um, I wanted to be- <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for your time. Break legs every night as you continue to do it. I'm going to come back and see you one night because it's just that much fun. Although maybe not because Roy will bring me on stage. We'll see. <laughs> no, I'm going to be one of those people. Roy says, no, you need to sit down. We're done with you.
2: Uh, you're
1: still in the show. No, Challenge accepted. Thank you guys. Have a great time. Sex tips for straight women from a gay man. Very fun, unique, a lot of, uh, just a great evening. Enjoy it. And thank you all for your time spending it with me. Appreciate
2: it. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much.